On this episode, world premieres, documentaries, and the Colorado Trail. Welcome to the Almost There Adventure Podcast. Hosts Severia Tilden, Jeff Hester, and Jason Fitzpatrick. Alrighty, are you good, Severia? Are you? Uh, oh, there you are. Hey, <laughs> on the Zoom. Um, cool. Everyone, uh, everyone, ready to go? Yep. Yeah, I'm good. Cool. Okay, I'll uh, I'll kick us off. Um, hello, everyone, and welcome to the Almost There Adventure Podcast. I'm uh, pretty excited today. Like, I have a, a couple of my collaborators are joining us today on a project uh, that we've. Uh, just finished and we're kind of announcing and bringing out to the world um so joining us here wait 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 a minute what are your names again by the way i totally forgot oh wait yeah, okay well we have uh, we have dylan harris who is the uh the director of this project and a, and a, and a very talented up-and-coming uh director and then we actually kind of have back on the show the very first record guest we ever recorded on this podcast and the star of episode two Legend, aka Jeff Garmeyer, who we'll call Legend just because we have two Jeffs. But uh, so excited to have you guys on! Welcome to the podcast. Thanks yeah, for having, thanks for having us. us. <laughs> yeah, it's always good to double up with another Jeff because then you know we're gonna make some gold. Absolutely. Oh yeah, yeah. <laughs> two times the Jeff, double the gold. Yeah. <laughs> um, well, so everyone's already tired, really tired of hearing me talk on this podcast. So. Uh, Jeff, Jeff, why don't you kick us off and tell us uh, a little bit about Free Outside, the, uh, the the documentary that we've made together, and uh, and you know what it's about, what it is, and uh, yeah, how we're bringing it out to the world. Yeah, so through a series of events, I ended up deciding to go for the unsupported record in 2020 on the Colorado Trail, and you know I'd done an FKT or two before, so I thought it would be much uh, more difficult and um, just uh, a little more unique to make it more of a, a project and bring in Dylan and make a movie out of an unsupported FKT. And that was pretty much nearly impossible, but that's what FKTs are all about. So we, we went ahead and did it. I somehow successfully popped enough blisters along the way to get the FKT, which is really a key for a good movie, I think at least a feel-good story, and uh, Dylan, completely in a parallel universe, captured the whole, or directed a crew of people, actually, to capture um, the FKT, and throughout, we had zero contact, so we had to trust each other that uh, he was getting his stuff done, and I was getting the record done while also filming myself, everything from throwing up to, I don't know, just being sleep deprived to running out of food along the way. So it was a really unique way to do it where two stories around the same thing merged and became one movie. And then Dylan, I think, um, well, it's funny cause now they've changed, but why don't we kind of, we've talked about it on the show before, but just in case, you know, what the rules of an unsupported FKT are and what that meant for you guys, like in your world, when you guys were filming this. Yeah, I'll go ahead and start. So, uh, Unsupported means you carry everything from the start of your FKT to the finish, including the trash you create by eating stuff out of wrappers. And um, I always treat it as you're only supposed to use natural water sources and things like that. You can't get any help. You're not supposed to have like contact or anything with uh, people that might help support you or pacers or anything. And so even in the planning process leading up with two days to go, I basically told the crew and Dylan especially that I didn't want to even be in on any of the planning meetings and stuff and the and the shooting schedule because I didn't want to even know where anyone would be possibly shooting or anything like that and so that's how we separated the two and then since there has been like an addendum to the uh, unsupported thing where now they count even filming I guess any sort of media externally as support. So it's called the Jeff Garmeyer rule now, I guess. Yeah. 
That was Jeff, not Dylan, <laughs> even though I asked Dylan the question. So Jeff had to answer, just so you know. I want to well, hear Dylan's side. Yeah, Jeff wants yeah. all the attention, but let's let Dylan talk. <laughs> no, it's good. I'm used to it, guys. Yeah, yeah. Um, <laughs> no, anyways, I appreciate, first of all, you guys having us on. That's that's yeah. awesome. And we're man, it's been a while that this project's been in the works. So for it all to start um, kind of coming to a head right now, it's amazing. And it's really exciting. But um no, yeah, I mean, that's what was so interesting is like there are two sides to an unsupported FKT if you're trying, well, there used to be, now there's rules against it, but to filming one. One is the, uh, are the hard rules that the, um, that the person, the athlete needs to follow, and those ones are pretty well understood. But where the line seems to be blurred is, is kind of the emotional support thing. And they've, they've sort of, They've spoke on it in terms of like having, uh, you know, having your like your partner out there, like your wife or girlfriend out there. There's some things that have been mentioned, but in terms of filming, when we were doing it, there weren't any rules really written. Um, so we uh, luckily Jeff's done this a bunch of times. So he had a relationship with the people at um, FKT and he was able to reach out with them in the months leading up to the well, it was weeks maybe a month out and getting the official rules so we can make sure we followed everything to a T. Um, but yeah, we, we didn't have exact rules. So a lot of them we just kind of made in order to leave no question that cause our number one priority was Jeff getting the FKT number two priority was capturing it. So, um, and that just basically looked like uh, us not interacting with him at all. We all wanted to stay a certain distance off the trail. Um, when he would come by and when we're capturing him. And then we even kind of decided later on to not really just to help us not even kind of look at him, <laughs> which was pretty, uh, pretty harsh, but it was just sort of like, I don't know, as, as the FKT goes on, it gets more and more difficult not to be like, you know, Jeff's walking by and, and not be like, dude, you got this brother, <laughs> you know, or something. That explains um, all the random shots of bushes and like and shrubs, yeah. you know, that didn't make the cut. Exactly. There's a lot of that to go through, as you know, because you were putting it together. But um, yeah, it was really, uh, it was something we were kind of trying to learn as we go. But um, yeah, props to Jeff because Jeff uh, was not messing around in the beginning in terms of kind of getting the crew on the same page and getting me uh, to understand that. Um, you know, he didn't want to even come close to crossing any lines. So that was kind of, uh, you know, he set the standard in the beginning. I, I got a question. This is Jeff and the other Jeff, um, not the legend. And uh, <laughs> I had a question, a question about that FTKT rules and uns, the unsupported rules, because uh, it seems like there's a lot of things that, you know, are very ambiguous and kind of gray. What are your feelings about, you know, the whole thing? Because, you know, the, the reality is, is if, if you're out there doing the trail and let's say you're using a, a Garmin or a spot kind of device to track your progress and people are watching that just for safety reasons or whatever, you're not getting anything from them, but they're, you know that they're out there. Uh, isn't that a form of emotional support in a way? You know, you know your friends know that you're doing this trail and, and, and where, you're, where you're supposed to be on a certain day and... I mean, that seems like a, a form of emotional support in itself, does it not? Yeah, I I think so. And especially in terms of social media and stuff, too. Like, people post throughout their FKTs, and it's uh, this whole new level from probably 30 years ago of support that just goes along with it. And it's interesting because on one hand, they want, or the powers that be, it's now owned by outside, but um, FKT the whole, I guess, concept in the website want it to be well documented and um, like seen in real time so that everyone can assure that you're not like putting together something. But that also means capturing or posting more or something too. So it's it's almost like you you work within the concrete rules and then you uh, yeah, I guess you you prove what you did in the way that shows it's the least supported possible because, yeah, emotional support is everywhere. And even if it's 
um, anything from, I don't know, seeing another hiker you didn't expect on the trail. Like, I guess the true term unsupported is uh, quite ambiguous at this point. They could, if they could do this and track you live and still troll you, right? If they could like manage to troll you while you weren't doing the live tracking, then, then it would whatever. But if, the, if they can't troll you, then it's just not going to, you know, that, I think that's why it exists. Legend, as you're filming yourself and as you're cruising along on the trail, obviously you're filming yourself. So were you also carrying like the batteries, the SD cards, like all the stuff? Because I just kind of naturally assumed, oh, he's probably just switching out batteries or switching out stuff when yeah. he meets the crew. But then I realized like you're not having any contact with them. So that's adding to your weight as well, correct? Yeah, I carried two big bricks and a small handheld camera, even a mic and a bunch of SD cards. So yeah, there was like a pound, probably a, a full pound, maybe more of stuff required just to do that. So was that really conducive to going faster? Probably not. So, and it was more logistics. I was actually pretty concerned the last couple of days about battery because my headlamp was also rechargeable. So it was like choosing between how much footage to capture and like being able to hike at night so um yeah unsupported for something it was about a little under or a little over nine days it <laughs> a lot of or much extra weight is pretty wild because you start with probably about 2.2 pounds of food per day and so you have like 20 plus pounds of food when you start and then adding more gear that you wouldn't necessarily need if you weren't filming it really uh up that that base weight there yeah so i remember in the movie you're talking about as you're as you're hiking it's getting lighter which is all always really exciting because your food what was your starting weight and what was your ending weight good question um i would say around 30 pounds to start and then ended with no food or any no water even for the last 10 miles or so so i would say ended about 10 pounds Luckily, it wasn't hot. It was really hot. <laughs> <laughs> that was sarcasm. Yeah, it it was it was a pretty atrocious finish, but I was yeah, I was it was motivated. like it was like ninety six degrees or something like that. It was oh, Lord. wasn't it? Yeah, it was yeah, brutal. It was one of the hotter days in Denver, and then on the drive back, it snowed. So that's Denver weather for you. <laughs> wow, well, it's true. Let's talk. I want to talk about the blisters popping scene. Oh, so um, bad. Yeah. Now, so you've done a bunch of these kind of, you know, extreme, you know, if, you know, FKTs and long hikes and that sort of thing. Is that a normal thing for you to get that gnarly a blister? And when, when people see the film, they'll understand. Um, no, not at all. Like even just on the John Muir Trail, like a month ago, I didn't get a single blister. This was rare it was like just one little spot that kept growing and became this giant blister and so um uh, it got to where it was uncomfortable so i i popped it and duct taped my foot up so i mean even on the arizona trail fkt i super glued the bottom of my feet where there was some cuts and stuff so foot care is pretty uh interesting out there and i guess i still never know when it's going to happen and when it's not because I always do this, I always am the one that like talks to the photographers and the directors and tries to get more of that in, and they always try to stop me. I'm kidding. But um, <laughs> Dylan, why don't we kind of start off with you? Because, I mean, we've kind of met Legend. Uh, how did you get into uh, the outdoors and photography and, and directing and film and video? I guess to try and like consolidate it a little bit, I, I just grew up playing sports, and, and when that dream ended, I was pretty much just really open to kind of trying to find something new that I enjoyed. And, uh, and that ended up being traveling around with my dog and, and going for hikes and, and exploring like the outdoors, which is something I never did growing up. And, um, I had a friend who gave me a camera and I, I just without question brought that camera everywhere I went on all my adventures. And it was just something that I didn't consider to be a profession in the beginning, but I was, um, I was just drawn to it. And, uh, a few years down the road, I ended up moving to Colorado and uh, started going to community college for journalism. I thought I wanted to be a writer. And after the first semester, I discovered photojournalism. And then I just basically was like, crap, like that's all I really care about um, is that side of things. That sounds much more enjoyable than writing. And from that point on, um, 
I just took a, as many classes as I could in community college for photography, which ended up being like four or five classes. It was a pretty good school for it. Yeah, from there, just uh, kind of kept following my passion, I guess. I So I first got into through hiking in college and I was just documenting all that kind of stuff and super excited about it. Me being kind of in that world is how I ended up meeting Jeff. And what's cool about this project, because um, it did happen a couple years ago now, is this project with Jeff, uh, when he told me he was doing it, is the first time I ever, um, is the first like documentary style film I've ever worked on. Um, and, uh, and so it was intimidating for sure, but um, yeah, it was, it's pretty cool just to say that it's, uh, this is sort of the stepping stone, which is uh, now probably 90% of the work I do is, is filmmaking and, and a little bit less photography now. So um, yeah, I guess I try to keep it concise, but it, it goes pretty deep. There, there was a lot of, a lot of things that were happening in, the, in there to, to get me to where I am now for sure. Uh, so Dylan, I know um, that you've, you've also through hiked the Colorado trail just as a point of reference, you know, uh, legend did it in nine plus days, nine days plus, I should say. And how long did you take when, when you did it? <laughs> oh, you're going to do me like that, Jeff. Yeah. Yeah, I am. <laughs> We're going up. there. No, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, uh, it took me, so I did it with my buddy who actually, uh, he's in the film. Uh, mm -hmm. his name is Austin Brunig. He, um, he's hiked the Colorado trail twice. The first time both of us did it, um, was together and it took us 27 days. Um, that's still so pretty fast. I mean, for that mileage, that's, that's not a slow, a slow, it time. wasn't bad. Yeah. It wasn't bad. And you know, when we did it, we had really like, I don't know, we had mountain weather to its fullest. It's, every single evening was, was hail or sometimes snow. And, um, I thought that's how it always was, but I've, I've learned since that the Colorado trail can have good stints of just beautiful weather for a month straight. And some people get really lucky with that. Um, but yeah, I think we were kind of like, it's sort of like eating a messy burrito. Like you eat it real fast. You know what I mean? That's, that's the same with this hike is like, just, we needed to keep moving. You know what I mean? So it felt pretty fast at the time, but you know, it's all relative, I guess. You know, it's kind of funny. Like, I think a lot of these projects always tend to have sort of like a, an unknown hero, right? Someone that you never think is going to be the one. And really, I think that was Austin in this, you know? Um, I mean, it's kind of funny. I still have never met him in person, but you know, obviously I edited the, he's in it quite the film quite a bit. So I almost feel like I know him from, you know, from the editing side of it, but man, he, he really did, did like amazing work. Like he wasn't even like, He's not even like a camera guy or a, not even a photographer or anything. He just was there like, you know, because he knew the trail and they needed someone that was fit enough to get to, you know, to catch Jeff, you know, when they needed to catch him and to kind of know, know the territory. <laughs> yeah, I whenever I asked Austin to be there, I was just it was in my head that we just needed somebody on this trip who just loved the Colorado Trail. And uh, I mean, that was Austin is a big map guy, like even when we were hiking the trail together he he refused to use the gps always he always wanted to use his paper maps that he kept in like this big ziploc bag and so he he's always that person who just every water source he knew the name of every trailhead um that's just kind of how his mind works and it just yeah just like you were saying jason to my surprise it i mean it, inviting him was the best thing our crew could have done i think because he really uh he really organized our mission um, and help support me uh, in terms of capturing it uh, so much. So yeah, it was, it was incredible having him and he added so much, even his interviews in the film uh, and his candid little interviews are, are so great as well. So he was all around awesome yeah. to have. Well, I think it's always easy with people that don't think they're going to be in the movie, right? Those are the ones you interview them or you shoot them and they don't think they're going to be in it. So there's like no, like, you know, there's no like artifice. There's no, you know what I mean? There's not, they're just kind of like, Oh, this isn't going to make it. Who cares? Right. And then, you know, it always adds <laughs> yeah. a nice, um, you know, a nice element to it. <laughs> um, so, yeah, so, totally. so it's kind of exciting. We've planned our world premiere. Um, Jeff, uh, no, I'm sorry. Not Jeff, you know, cause Jeff doesn't know, but legend, <laughs> why don't you tell us, you know, the world premiere, the date, you know, the where, the when, 
and you know and maybe give us a little bit of like kind of what we have in store for or at least what we're planning not everything will come to fruition but you know the the premiere is happening so so why don't you uh, clue us in yeah it, we uh had quite a process of figuring out how best to roll it out but we think but it looks like we're going to do a world premiere in denver in um on november 15th uh and the oriental theater not a great name but no. um <laughs> uh but yeah and uh we're just gonna make it kind of a celebration of the film a q and a Q&A about what goes into filming this because it is pretty insane how you know most other projects there's uh like interaction along the way and the director gets to direct everyone involved in the film but i had no direction dylan just had to trust what uh I came out the other side with was going to be good enough to help make a movie out of. And so uh, Q&A um, and we're going to screen show the film and then we'll have uh, some all the fun stuff that goes with these types of things. Jason will be up there talking to and we'll have uh, some raffle giveaway type stuff as well. And it'll just be this show show the film to whoever can make it in denver and then planning um, a lot more cities and dates for january and then hopefully get it to a broader audience through uh streaming home at some point because uh yeah we're pretty proud of this film and it really with the new rule changes and stuff it is yeah. a one-of-a-kind thing so it's <laughs> pretty amazing like there will always be those like selfie style videos of unsupported stuff but this actually takes it to the whole 4K level, and um, Dylan and, and crew, like Nick Tezecker, Austin, um, Elizabeth, Kevin. like, yeah, Kevin, um, Kevin, right? Kevin as well, yeah, they did an incredible job, and it was so cool to come out the other side and get to meet people that I didn't even know that had been a part of this adventure, because once I started, a number of crew came and went, and were filming and doing sort different stuff and they had their own adventure along the way which i think it's also quite interesting because they're moving along the colorado trail but in cars and figuring out where to camp a couple of them had never even camped before and i think there's this whole backstory that's really interesting too where some people's first exposure to the wilderness was in the midst of making this film so what was the experience for both of you to come back and see each other's footage? You know, and sort of see, because you mm. had, you know, your, you were had your, oh, obviously you had very different experiences, but it was both an adventure, but like to come back and actually see what legend was going through, you know, at the elevation and stuff like that. And also see what you all were going through, trying to capture him without, without disturbing him or without, without actually capturing him. <laughs> Well, when yeah. I finished, I was done. So I ignored his final interview request. And when I finally did it, he when I finally did it, he clipped the uh, microphone to my chest hair because I wouldn't even put a shirt on. So um, <laughs> I became a really bad uh, subject of the film once I was done with the Colorado Trail because it was such a rough last couple days that <laughs> I I became difficult. <laughs> but Dylan could tell you more. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, honestly, what's so cool about this is is you really you get a look, a more intimate look at what it looks like to do something like this. And I mean, that's why we decided to put a camera in Jeff's hand, because um, otherwise, you know, we're really limited to just telling a story about the crew and then um, and then really just shooting walk bys of Jeff. Right. And so there's no there's really no substance there. Um I mean, for me, I think that the real story is kind of what does someone go through out there? And so to be honest, your question's pretty awesome because, um, you know, I, I felt nauseous sometimes about kind of what Jeff was getting out there. Like I was hoping so much he was, uh, I mean, I've worked with some people now who you can tell them to film all you want, but some people just don't think like that. They don't think about it like that. And, um, uh, no, Jeff did a great job of like, really when things were good uh documenting that and when things were bad especially he he would document that which was um just incredible and honestly makes the film everything else is just um 
you know, helping that story of, of Jeff's experience out there. So I was, my fingers were crossed for sure that he was, uh, you know, capturing some stuff out there. And when I was done, I was happy to see that he, he did just that. So it was great. What have you sort of been doing since? Cause I think that's kind of interesting too. Cause in a way this kind of has led to you, you know, what you, your work that you've been doing and like the ultra running and the long distance, you know, trail running community. Yeah. I mean, this film totally, um, was my introduction to all that. And honestly, I would say what made me kind of started to fall in love with filmmaking um, and capturing these stuff in the mountains. It presents its own challenge um, and it's a little bit of a niche, but you've got to, you've got to love that challenge. And I think that's what, um, that's what capturing this FKT was all about. Um, I mean, like Jeff was saying before, our legend was saying before he was having his adventure out there and we were all having our adventure and you could really only do it um, one thing at a time. And so after, after this project, um, I was looking for the next thing. And, and through that, I've gotten into uh, working mostly with ultra runners. Um, and the cool thing about ultra running these days is some of these races are getting so long that they are merging with through hikers. And so there's a lot of people like similar to Jeff who are more fast packer types um, who have found a love for uh, you know, going these long distances in, within a race in like a community setting. And, um, so it's been pretty cool to kind of blur those two things. Like I said, growing up playing sports, I kind of love, like, I have a love for the athletic side of things, um, like the athletic feats, but also I do have a love as what, you know, in college I was living in my truck dirt bagging it is a little bit of an overused term, but whatever. I was kind of pursuing that lifestyle a little bit. And it feels like trail running and ultra running is, is an awesome blend of kind of that. It has that welcoming dirt baggy style as well as these insane athletes who are very self-driven because there's not a lot of money in the sport. So you got to be very self-motivated. So, um, that's been really what, where I've been, um, kind of focusing a lot of my work recently have been able to put it put together I don't even know maybe like four to six films in the last year and a half in that world um, and so it's cool to to now finally be and I will say mad respect to legend and to Jason because me being I guess kind of like newer to all this you know my head is so you know, everything I've seen has been more geared towards like YouTube and social media. And that's where you create things for. And, um, legend and Jason both believed in this project on like a bigger scale and, and not just putting it out there, you know, for the masses in that way, but more like kind of presenting it as more of this like curated piece. And I think that's really cool for through hiking because there hasn't been much like that. And, um, yeah, like like Legend was saying, I'm not sure if there will be much more of that to come because uh, because of the new rules with capturing these unsupported FKTs. So, I mean, honestly, it's it's pretty epic, and I'm stoked we've taken our time with it. So it feels good to be putting this out now. And another little like change of subject here, but uh, I don't know, Legend, you kind of did something like about six weeks ago. You you want to uh, <laughs> you want to you want to talk about that? Um, you kind of threw our marketing schedule out because all of a sudden some, something made you even more of a legend and a little more famous than you were. So, so why don't you uh, clue us in on that? <laughs> yeah, I'd wanted to do the John Muir Trail FKT for like three years. And then I just finally got a permit and a week later was drove out to California, parked my car in Yosemite Valley and basically did a hybrid of running and hiking for three days and set the new John Muir Trail unsupported record. And I did not film too much of this one, of that one, because uh, it was more one of those things. It's probably one of the only things where it's been it'd been on my mind for so long and I'd wanted to do it that I just went out and did it in a different way and uh, really just focused on being out there and uh, going after another record and was able to get it done by 13 minutes. <laughs> yeah. Oof. Yeah. And, and poor, poor String Bean, you know. I mean, first of all, mad respect to him for him doing it in his time. 
But man, that's got to hurt to do it. And, and I mean, what was it like? You were about what, a month? Were you even a month after he got it? I think almost right about a month, maybe yeah. maybe four weeks. But yeah, he set the record. He lowered it by about three hours. And then four weeks later, I mean, I talked to him leading up to it and stuff and told him I was going for it. And then I sprinted the last three miles or so. And um, that all included peeing on myself and everything. But I got the record by 13 <laughs> minutes. Yeah, oh my God. So you literally sprinted to the finish? Yeah, one of my miles in the last, because it's all on Strava, was like a six minute mile in the last, like mile 217 was a six minute mile. <laughs> oh, my oh my gosh. Oh, Lord. <laughs> well, I think us, and I honestly, like a lot of our listeners are going to relate to this. Almost anyone that's done Whitney and come down, you know, the east side knows what it's like that, you know, you see your car and you think, oh, there's my car. I am almost there. And then, like, four days later, you're about halfway to your car. <laughs> and yeah. I think I even warned you about this, Jeff. Didn't I even tell you this, like, to be careful? Because, like, it takes you forever to cover, like, that last bit. I know I've mentioned it to you. It's yeah, like- so I'd done the entire trail from Whitney to Yosemite Valley yeah. probably four or five times. I'd never done Whitney Portal, which is, like, eight or nine miles and I'm up against the clock. Like I know it's going to be really tight and I see the parking lot, but it never gets any closer and time's ticking by. And so it, it was, uh, it was one of the most stressful descents or anything that I'd ever done. And even coming down the portal trail there, I was asking people coming up, like how far it was and no one really knew how far, but they're like, well, I started like four hours ago and that's like, Oh no. <laughs> <laughs> legend so, legend which one was harder it, it's got to be the colorado trail just because it was long or i don't know i i feel like yeah which one was harder i can't imagine starting a trail with nine days of stuff and no contact with the yeah. outside world that yeah. is just so insane even even in 2021 i tried to do unsupported on the superior hiking trail and that was going to be like five and a half days and my mind just wasn't in it. Taking on something where it's so long, I think like three days I can mentally picture and get through maybe four. But once you get like five plus, that's so many days to think about pushing yeah. that Jeez. your mind just kind of breaks. <laughs> well, and the pacing is so hard because it's like, you know, you're doing three days. I mean, you can push hard on day one and two if you have three days. But if you push too hard on day one and two and you have like six or seven more days, I mean, you, you know, you're going to, you're going to blow up, you know? <laughs> I mean, that's just such yeah. a different thing. Like they're pacing on something like that. Yeah. And to go back to the Colorado trail, I think I rumors, I like blew up their schedule on day one and two. Cause I like crushed it so hard. And yeah. then I had this huge lull in the middle. Cause I did go out too fast on the Colorado trail. And so, yeah, that is something where the more days you're out there, the more, the more you're doing, there's more chances for you to screw up that pacing or screw up eating or eat too much or whatever. It's like, so I had, yeah, right. Exactly. I had to ration my battery, my food and my sleep for nine days and it was impossible. But I mean, I pulled it off. There's just, it's just such a difficult task to even figure out. So uh, do we even know, like, what is the longest, um, the longest unsupported record out there? Do we know? Like, who, who Someone did the trail? Arizona Trail unsupported. <laughs> oh, my <laughs> gosh. How many, how many days? Wait, with 20? food and everything? Like, food and water yeah. and everything? 20-something, I think 25, 27, somewhere in there. How do you oh carry, like, that much food? Like, because, <laughs> I mean, obviously, I mean, if you have one resupply instead of carrying it, it becomes self-supported. I mean, they're really strict on these rules. I mean, I, I can't even, like... I mean, how much would it weigh to carry 20 days of food? Probably you know? like 50 plus pounds would be yeah. my guess. Well, it would, it would weigh about a thousand pounds for me for as much food as I eat. But I mean, you know, even a skinny through hiker, that's like, you know, I'm trying to imagine, just trying to imagine that. That's just insane. That is crazy. Yeah, that's I a would, pilgrimage to find God right there. That's yeah, I would not recommend. Yeah, yeah, right. Yeah. There was something that some kind of someone was punishing themselves for something, you know, on that one. And next week, I'll be going after the unsupported Arizona trail wreck. Just kidding. Yeah. Speaking of punishment, yeah. yeah. <laughs> well, I mean, we just let's give you a little pro. You did actually have the self-supported one, on, or was it the supported one on, on there for a while? I had the self-supported for yeah. maybe a year or something. Yeah. yeah. 
So yep. out of curiosity, is that one you want to go and get back? Is that a, like something you thought of? Yeah, I I really love that trail. So I would love to give it a go. It's just the older I get, the more stuff comes up and the harder it is to like that one. It's at least a two week commitment and then getting down there and probably would cash food or something in bear cans to make it or deliver it to places or whatever. So it's just the commitment now is so difficult. That's why the John Muir Trail fit in perfectly. It's like, all right, I'll drive out there. I'll have my pack already packed. I'll park it. I'll already have my permit. I'll get out and go. And it's three days. And then I actually hitchhike back to my car because I like adventure. But um, <laughs> yeah, it's it's just harder and harder to picture fitting in these longer ones into uh, into a life because got to make money somehow. And speaking of longer ones, I mean, have you thought of doing, of going for one of the big three, you know, one of the triple crown, going for the PCT, uh, Appalachian or CDT? Yeah, the PCT would be a, a dream if I could pull that off. I'd love to give that a go because I, it was my first through hike. I love that trail and I just think it would be a pretty awesome adventure. I actually had a permit to possibly do it this year, but, you know, didn't, didn't work out. So, uh. But yeah, sometime in the future, and that's probably, I mean, I'll probably, I'll find more things that want to push myself and do, but that would kind of bookend all the major trails in the U.S. that I'd want to go for FKTs on. I don't know if I have any, any desire to do the Appalachian Trail. That's a, that's a rough one. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I mean, you know, I'm going to like pat you on the back a little bit. I mean, it is, if you look at your, I'm going to use the word palmares. It's a cycling word, word, but it's like that, you know what you've done. I mean, if you look at like everything that's not one of those three though, it's kind of impressive. The big records, the Arizona trail, the JMT, you know, the Colorado trail, like everything sort of sub of, you know, 2000 miles. I mean, a lot of you, you've had a lot of those. I mean, that, that's pretty impressive, man. That's pretty awesome. Thanks. Yeah. It's how I spent my twenties. <laughs> yeah. So, so I'm just also, I mean, that one being said though, like, I mean, that's a lot of beating, right? That's a lot of like, that's a lot of like mileage, literally. Um, yeah. <laughs> like, how does the body feel? Like, how many more years do you think you have in you where you can sort of, you know, be you know be competitive in this in this kind of realm? Well, if you guys go back and listen to episode two, there's yeah. a lot of health tips in there, yeah. and uh, yeah, yeah, my frozen yeah. burrito diet just yes. seems to keep on working. Okay. I, mean, uh, I I feel really good. I do take more rest days now, but in between rest days, I do giant mountain adventures like spur of the moment uh, two or three weeks ago just ran around the wonderland trail so um (laughs) i i feel pretty good i think i'm a little smarter about it than when i would just eat candy for four days so (laughs) you gotta you gotta use your wisdom and make up for some of that like that youthful energy because i'm just so old at 31 now the frozen burrito thing has become such a go-to in my life for outdoor adventures you have no idea so I'd just like to thank you for that. Yeah. Oh, I am an influencer. <laughs> and, and, and I was going to say, Legend, um, hearkening back to episode two, when we talked, I think you had just recently completed the uh, the long trail. And um, I had done, uh, this summer I was back there, and I did a couple of peaks that were on the long trail, and um, Mansfield and Camel's Hump. Oh and yeah, man. I, I did, man. You know, I climbed up Mansfield from the Long Trail southbound. And I was like, "This is insane." It's, <laughs> it's, the trails. I have mad respect for anybody who does that trail. You know, fast, slow, or otherwise. It just—it's crazy climbing and roots and rocks and you know, using your hands to get over up sections. It was wild. Yeah, I think those were days like three and four on the long trail for me out of like five and a half and mm-hmm. it was like the biggest punch in the gut of like oh my gosh how am i even going to do this because it, it's it's a different level anyone out west like we have it easy those trails are so rough. it's so funny because you know kind of growing up on the you know high, backpacking in the sierras i always thought you know that the you know new england states and the east coast and all of that was sort of like oh they're not that high you know it's just they're just hills but uh, the trails, just the the route of the trails itself and the, the terrain and, and the steepness and the granite and everything else is just, it's next level stuff. It's wild. It's so different. 
Yeah, they have ladders out there. That's how steep it is. Like they yeah. put rebar into the side of the mountain for you to climb down. <laughs> so, uh, Legend, what, what else do you have on your on your uh, FKT to do list? Are, you know, do you have anything that you want to go out and tackle next? Um, I don't know. Um, like things that I would like to do at some point. Uh, it'd be cool to go after the Arizona Trail again and just spend more time on that. I don't know if I'll ever be able to do it but i've been getting more in, getting more into races and stuff too so i'd like to do like a 48 hour event see how many miles i can do in that um uh actually the backbone trail by jason has been uh um, in my mind a little bit since i just want to punish myself and then uh i think the big one that if i could ever figure it out and go for it is i'd love to give the the pct a shot just because it would be like the one that got me into it. And that's where I first found out about what the triple crown was. And I did the calendar year triple crown. And then what all the other, like the, uh, what FKTs were Scott Williamson was doing it that year. Like all these things that I learned there, I kind of went out and added them to my bucket list and then crossed them off. And that's like the last one from that hike that when you get 2,650 miles to think, that's like the last one I thought of that I haven't done yet. Yeah. And can I, if I could just add to that too, um, this isn't something that's maybe it's a little like uh, a different topic, I guess, but it's something Jeff has also been doing recently uh, as there's this race in Arizona called the Cocodona 250 and he did the inaugural year of it. It's a 250 point to point route um, and you have to finish it in five days in the first year um jeff did well jeff i forget what place did you get the first year i'm not sure maybe like 16th or 17th yeah and then and jeff enjoyed himself and i know this because i i I worked the event and the, the event is absolutely insane but then he was inspired to come back um come back and do it again and you and um just i know from from chatting with him that he was working a bit more on his running but right before the second year of the event kind of sustained an injury that I just needed to stay off and then showed up at the event with like not the highest of expectations and just had the most ridiculous race. Um, And I don't know, it's kind of, you would have to kind of look into it, but basically this is, these are the events I was talking about where it kind of starts to um, interest some people in the through hiking community and like, um, uh, yeah, like the long distance hikers, because it does go multiple days. So the pace is slowed down and it really uh, relies on your ability to keep moving. And Jeff freaking smoked so many ultra runners in the race on the second year. I, I could not <laughs> believe it. it. Or what What place did you finish? It was, I think, fifth. 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 Yeah. Which is just nuts. Like um, for someone who hasn't, I mean, everybody else not everybody, all of the top people in that race are kind of, you know, lifelong runners. And so they have acquired that pace over a a period of time, but it was cool to see Jeff kind of do his thing, um, in a different platform and train for something different. So sweet too. just add. Yeah. Another on that topic, another thing that's inspired me recently is I love the idea of these last person standing events where you basically run, some amount every hour like four miles at the start of every hour and you keep going until only one person's left so i'd love to explore that more because it's it's just that sustained effort for as long as you can keep it up and and it's competition too which is kind of fun which fkts have it but it's more self-driven i think and i've been enjoying this competitive aspect too and finding kind of that that uh old sports mentality from back in my high school days. So there's a lot of things that I've been enjoying and broadening, broadening things too, as well as just getting out for that casual backpacking trip where you can pack sweats and a good meal and actually enjoy the sunset rather than hike through it while crying. (laughs) Hey, hey Dylan, um, I, I had a chance to watch a film that you did about you know, understanding what it's like to do this sort of distance mileage event. You did, you, you did a, a film called The Participant where you took on a hundred mile race. Now, 
you're not a, or maybe I'm wrong, but you know, that was like the first time you'd done anything like that. Is, is that not true? Or what, what brought you to do that? Tell, maybe talk a little bit about that. Yeah. Um, yeah. So I, I got into to working uh, with ultra runners a bunch in the last like year and a half. That's all I really been doing. And so I've uh, worked with a lot of different athletes um, at a lot of huge, really big races in the United States. And um, it's how I kind of explain it is it's sort of given me a front row seat to to watch some incredible things. I mean, even even Jeff's thing, um, which we had to stay further away. Uh, I couldn't interact with Jeff during his, but um, Je- Jeff's FKT on the Colorado Trail that our film's about was very much the start of that. Was sort of like these things that I'm filming are inspiring me as I'm, you know, I'm. We're, we're a part of the story and they're inspiring me as I'm, uh, as I'm capturing it. Um, and then it, it really pushes me and motivates me to justify those, um, those stories by putting something good together in the edit and put something good out there. And, um, and so that, that's really what it, what it was, was, um, after seeing so many of my peers doing these incredible things, um, and pushing themselves, I, I felt the need to, to kind of do that. And the hundred mile distance in the ultra running world is sort of the standard for, for, uh, hard, I guess. And hard is all relative, but the hundred mile distance usually forces most people to go through the night. And so that's why it's kind of the standard. Um, and, uh, and so, yeah, I wanted to do, do my first one and see what that was all about to kind of you know, better understand what people are going through and, uh, also just push myself at that point. I had done a 50 miler and in the training up to it, I did it, did a hundred, uh, 92 K, which is like 56 miles or something. And, uh, and so, yeah, I was just excited to kind of see what it's like to go through the night and, um, and also get to that point. Cause I would say I've gotten to that point before, um, in the outdoors, but not without, but without having support of a community. And so that's what was so incredible, incredible about these ultra running events is that, um, and I think Jeff can attest to this with the Cocodona 250 and whatnot is you're doing these really difficult things and you find yourself in these terrible places, but you have the support of a community that that's pushing you forward. Um, and so you can do things that you never thought you could do. And that's kind of what that film was about was just trying to experience it for myself. And did you finish? How did you do? Yeah, I finished. Um, I, I learned this from Jeff. So Jeff does this thing where he makes a stretch goal, he calls it. And uh, so I kind of adopted that theory for my 100. And my stretch goal was to do it in under 24 hours. But I did not do that. Um, I think only two people in the race did. And uh, I ended up finishing in like 31 hours. Um, but the cool thing for me was my, my whole goal was just to stay positive and kind of enjoy my time out there. And yeah, there was a lot of, a lot of walking, uh, and overnight, I think I only covered like 22 miles over the entire night, which I was hoping to be closer to 40 miles over the whole night. So, um, yeah, things were just moving slow, but I had a good crew of people out there. And so at the end, I, I really felt no regrets in terms of the race, but there is a part of me that wants to see if I could do it faster, which is a dangerous thought. I'm not sure. <laughs> that's a slippery slope right there. Yeah, it definitely. And I mean, and that's, what's insane about these records and about kind of like what, where these records, these FKTs are going on these long distance trails is people are covering distances for eight days at a time five days at a time, 14 days at a time at a similar pace than, you know, a lot of ultra runners are, are doing just a, you know, a hundred mile section. And so it's just insane to imagine, like it brings, it brings me closer to the story that I'm telling. Cause thinking of Jeff's feet swelling the way he, they were and, um, that kind of stuff. It's just insane to, to start to understand how those aches and pains actually feel how how being tired like genuinely sleep deprived feels and uh and to keep pushing through that is is nuts and you just have to really i would say the overarching lesson is that you just have to believe 
that at some point it's going to get better and then kind of know at some point it might get worse again. But, um, <laughs> you know, it won't, you won't feel that way forever. You know, so. I was thinking you just know it's going to end and that's like when it's going to get better is when it's over. But you do know <laughs> that, that it's going to end thought. at some point, you know, <laughs> one yeah. I remember, like, I'll be eating Actually, a cheeseburger, you know, at some point, you know, drinking a beer, you know, and not, and will not be running, you know? <laughs> yeah. I remember at one point, Jeff, Jeff was saying on the Colorado trail that when he started to think about that, it was actually going like thinking about the end, which was in the last, once you, I think Jeff said once he was in our legend, sorry for these purposes, once legend was in the last hundred miles of the Colorado record, he started thinking about the end. And that's when it started to get really hard uh, instead of just thinking about the next day or the next, you know, whatever. You have to say spoiler alert before you, you, you do that kind of thing. Dylan, oh, know, yeah. wow. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Maybe alert. we cut that. <laughs> <laughs> Did he make it? Know. We'll have We're to trying, watch and see. We're trying to sell tickets. We're trying to sell tickets uh, to this thing. So, Did I know. die out there? Who yeah. knows? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> They, I got a little excited for, there. Yeah. If they can get <laughs> it for survive? free or they know how, you know, or they know the whatever, then, you know, don't. Yeah, well, spo- spoiler alert, uh, Legend yeah. survived. He did live. Yeah, he's he still did. with us. He he's not you know, joining the podcast from the great beyond. Thank, <laughs> thankfully. That'd be cool, though. Man. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> Dylan's film is awesome, too. If anyone's thinking about doing something that scares you a little bit, um, I just love how it goes into the whole process and everything that goes into something that is bigger than and different and you don't know what to expect. So I actually really love that film. So awesome work on that, Dylan. Yeah. I, I'm going to third, third or fourth that or whatever. It was, it was, uh, it was a neat watch. Um, you know, the other, yeah, kind of we'll, thing we'll put a link to that. And Oh yeah. Yeah. Everything. Will yeah. Be we'll notes. link that in the show notes yeah. for sure. Yeah. Uh, one thing that I think also though, cause like you've done, you know, you've, you've covered, Cocodona the the last couple years for it was air 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 viper and I mean I think you showed you had like a thing like your watch or whatever that showed how many miles you ran as like the camera guy filming guy <laughs> and and how many miles was that like how many miles did you do each year just in covering it because that was an impressive amount of miles well actually the the most recent film was pretty sweet um, or this was an unexpected thing and this is what I love about these uh, these types of it, like capturing these types of things. But, uh, so I was doing my normal kind of mileage, I'd say to capture it, which, uh, you know, sometimes you run in onto the trail a few miles, then you kind of come back and then you film at the aid station, all that stuff. But this time I, um, one of the, the athlete who I was filming did the film on his pacer got COVID, uh, the day before he was supposed to pace, um, the athlete. Uh, his name's Eric. And so he didn't have a pacer and Eric was so deep, uh, sleep deprived. Like he was struggling with the sleep deprivation just terribly. I mean, he would, he was, uh, falling asleep within like 15 seconds of laying on the ground. He would just taking a lot of trail naps and it was just deep sleep always. And, um, so he needed a pacer. And so, um, I actually got to step in and pace him and they just, uh, they carpooled my camera gear and my truck up to the next aid station. And that section was 27 miles. Um, and I just brought two GoPros with me and just filmed while I was out there. And, uh, it was so cool to sort of just like be a part of the story you're telling and just watch it happen right in front of your face. Um, so that, that this year, I, this recent year, I probably did more miles than, uh, the first one I would say, but there is a question uh, that has been asked many a times, and it's, is it harder to run 250 miles or film 250 miles? And um, uh, I don't know. <laughs> I mean, probably run. Yeah, but... Probably film. Running's easy. You just keep going. Film, you got to worry about batteries and focus <laughs> yeah. and all those and people things. People like, offer you yeah. food when you're running, but when you're filming, you know, you don't get that treatment as much. So you yeah. got to feed yourself too. That's not easy. Yeah, my job's easy. I just like start and then I keep going till I finish. You got to worry about all the stuff. <laughs> yeah, no, seriously. They have uh, like live streams posted on YouTube. If you guys want to see Jeff doing Jeff things with a lot with like some video coverage, uh, you should check out those Coconut live streams. It's 
he did some some impressive stuff out there. And the whole time you were best dressed too. I think you were wearing like a cheetah <laughs> cheetah button down. Yeah. You know, where everybody else is wearing like uh technical running gear, right? And and Jeff's <laughs> wearing his tiger shirts and whatnot. So it's pretty well, good. Well this stuff. is yeah, yeah, this is a big thing where all these things we we sign up for willingly and we choose to do them or we start a trail. And I'm a huge proponent of you got to find the fun in in it, even when it is pretty rough. So uh, my whole this year, I had a crew and pacers and I told them in an email, like the number one goal is to have fun. And then below that were a few other things that more contributed to success. But it's like, we got to have fun out there or else why would I do this? Like, this looks awful unless you're having fun. So big proponent of uh, put on something that makes you laugh and then you'll even laugh at the pictures later. So the gift that keeps on giving. Well, let's be honest. If there is like a male fashion icon in the like through hiking, like trail running world, it is you legend. I mean, there is no, you're like peerless in that. And I'm going to say that our movie is worth the price of admission just to see Jeff's outfits. I mean, yeah. it's one of those things where just to see what Jeff is wearing in each interview. I mean, obviously he's wearing one thing on the trail, but just to see like all of his interview outfits, it's worth the price of admission. Oh, yeah. <laughs> oh, I, I got an exclusive story for here regarding the outfit. So the yeah. day, the night before I was going to start, it was like, oh, I don't really like these shorts or whatever they don't really go with uh <laughs> my tiger cut off sweatshirt that i sewed up myself so uh i went to walmart and bought a pair of athletic shorts that were like red or black or something that match better to the tiger sweatshirt because you know you gotta you gotta look good to do good <laughs> I, yeah jeff is definitely like a fashion over comfort type of vibe yeah. <laughs> well, I'm out there for discomfort, so why would I contribute by uh, feeling more comfortable? <laughs> oh, that's pretty funny. Yeah. So now, now I know like um, your sort of next dream, I guess, would be the Barkley. Have we heard yet on whether or not you're you're going to be invited next year? Do we know? Um, no the uh, the window hasn't hasn't passed yet, and okay. uh, so yeah, we we do not know, but yeah, that is definitely top of the list i'd love to go back so i got to navigate the entire course as a virgin so now i got a pretty good idea of uh how i'm gonna complete that thing what are you up to these days dylan what do you got next for yourself oh thank you for that question (laughs) um yeah i've just been um i think similar to to jason i've got a couple of things that are sort of culminating all at one time right now. So um, I've got a couple short films coming out that I'm have independently um, produced that are, are kind of coming out right right as of now too. So I'm I'm hoping to sort of take a step back in the coming months. But yeah, no, I mean at this point I'm just pretty excited about everything that's coming out i'd say you know i'm very excited for the premiere and uh i hope we see a lot of people out there i know it was my intention and jason's intention to create a film like for the community that like feels good and um i think there's a lot of laughs to be had there's definitely some excitement and some drama i mean an hour and 20 minutes for a hiking film isn't super common and uh I think we're all pretty thrilled on how it came out. So yeah, we just hope to see people with that. And I mean, that's really what I'm focused on right now is kind of presenting this, doing justice to this thing we've created and, and getting it out there and, and spreading the word. So yeah, I, I hear rumors that you, you may, you may be bringing a screening to Ben. So I, I look forward to uh, seeing yeah. that when, it, when, and if that happens. So yeah, well, yeah, yeah we got, we yeah, got quite two. a Garmy out in Bend, so. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We're, 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 <laughs> yeah. You, know, you, you, two, you two will definitely be involved in the Bend uh, thing. The, 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 the legend, groups. the Garmy? Is that, is, that a, is that a term now? <laughs> Never has Jeff's Garmy? Yeah. Uh, crowdsourcing it. <laughs> yeah, I think that's pretty good, the Garmy. Yeah, I like it. I mean, it's aging perfect, right? They're all too old for oh Justin. They need yeah. a new idol. I mean, you're right there. You're just there for everyone. I think it's. I think that's perfect. I mean, the Colorado Trail is where the fastest known tiger was born. So, right. yes, we gotta we gotta 
we've got to channel these people into uh, some some actionable things. I don't know what we'll solve first, but yeah. maybe world peace or climate change. I don't know. Yeah, and, and just I'm gonna throw this. And this is kind of a broad thing too, and I've said this before. Like, just keep in mind, like we worked really hard on this. We don't have money. We don't have marketing money. We don't have whatever. <laughs> We're paying for the theaters. I mean, we might get some sponsorship dollars. So. If you want movies made, if you want entertainment, if you want this kind of stuff done, like just try to support us or support the other filmmakers out there kind of trying to do it on their own because it's really hard and it's 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 a lot of work. And, you know, obviously no one does this for money, so we do it for love. But that said, we do need we do need some money. So, hey, come out to the theater. I think it's I really do think it's entertaining and I really think everyone will enjoy it. So so, you know. So yeah, try to try to help us out. Come out and see it, you know. Or, or, For sure. And and if it doesn't come near you, which it might not, you know. But you know, when we release it, you know, give it a watch. We, we'd really appreciate it because we're all all very proud of it. So yeah. And this it's is a, your one and only chance to see an FKT film. Right. Yeah. A true FKT film. We're like secretly hoping they don't change that rule. Honest. No, we're not even secret because I just said it out loud on a podcast <laughs> that they don't change that rule. You know, it's like, you know, the, the Jeff Garber. Yeah, I think we're I think we're all very excited for the 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 to continue the conversation on on all this. And we there's been a couple small projects that have come out on FKTs since the rule change. And it's been really cool um, to see. Yeah, to see how that conversation's kind of like developing. And so we hope this is like just, a, you know, another reason to have that conversation. Pretty stoked on that. Yeah. yeah, and it's a feature film with like top-notch uh, videography and sound and everything. So original yeah. score by Rob Ricardo. So yeah, yeah we yeah, we put everything in, we put everything into this. So we're excited to share it with the world, and uh, I'll sign anything you bring. And Dylan will too. Yeah, maybe Jason will. I don't know. He, I don't know. he probably I, takes I, a little I charge money. five dollars, five dollars per autograph. <laughs> so. I mean, I think it also goes without saying just to remind people that you get to see the Colorado trail, which is something that a lot of people don't have the opportunity to do. Right. So there's, it's so remote and it, there's so many areas that you get to experience something that's not mm. like that. You normally don't get to experience. It's a really special part of the country. So to be able to see that as well. Yeah. I, we that's should, a really yeah, good point. Thanks. Ray. Yeah. I mean, it, it uh, you know, we did try to make sure that the natural beauty and all of that was, was a part of it, you know, just to answer the question, like, why would you do that? I mean, why don't you walk slower? You know, to answer the, like, like you know, no, Jeff's still seeing something beautiful, you know. It's the lighting, crazy. the lighting. There exactly. was that one scene where you guys yeah. were like, oh my God, look at the light. And I was yeah. like, it's true. Like, we have those moments. A lot of people don't get those moments. No, no, absolutely. Um, and yeah, and we did, like, this is like, we did take this, this isn't like, you know, we did try to make sure this was, we hired professional people to do color correction and mixing and, and, and you know, and all of that. And it was done you know, by, you know, here in Hollywood, not to say whatever that you can't do it outside, but it was done here in Hollywood by people that do this for a living and that kind of stuff. So it does, it is, uh, you know, it's great. Yeah. Quality, I guess. All right. <laughs> the quality yeah, is too. there. We, we, we made it for the big screen. Let's just say that. How's that? Boom. There you go. Yeah. So see it there. Yeah. yeah so come out and see cool. it. Cool. <laughs> This has yeah. been great. This has been great talking with both of you guys, Dylan and, yeah. and uh, Legend. Other Jeff. Yeah, Jeff, <laughs> Jeff too. Yeah. <laughs> um, so, hey, uh, first let's plug where, where people can see the movie. What, mm. What's our website? Um, right now, the best place is freeoutside.com slash film. It's getting revamped, but it'll keep being live. And so you can sign up for updates and stuff there as we uh, sort out a film tour and then um, things will keep coming out through all our Instagrams and stuff. And uh, we're just ready to let this uh, wild thing out into the world and see what happens then. Dylan, why don't you, why don't you share what's your Instagram? How can people find you? Yeah. My Instagram is spirit of Dylan and uh, my website is dillharris.com. But yeah, I would say I would say Jeff's Instagram and website would probably be a great place to yeah. to stay updated as well. And also your films, we'll have links to all your films in the show notes, so you should definitely go and watch them all. Um, one thing that's been great for me is watching Dylan kind of grow as a filmmaker from you know when we first met, and he was kind of scared to be honest, no offense, but <laughs> and then now like yeah. that like 
he's making like one a month now you know it's it's kind of neat you know so it's been awesome yeah that's something i should have said right in the beginning that's something i should have said right in the beginning (laughs) it's like uh it's cool to be uh, to be where this is now because in the beginning i was genuinely scared of filmmaking and uh and it was sweet for um for a legend to bring Jason into the project and recommend him. Uh, and, and since that point, Jason has been just like, you've just been so uh, generous with your time and your, your advice and everything. And it's been so cool to have, like when I have like real uh, issues that I haven't run into to, to run them by you. And so, yeah, I just appreciate that. It's cool where we've all like kind of brought in everything to at this point. Well, I'm going to cut that, but no. <laughs> You're gonna cut that and replay it over. That's gonna go in the highlight reel, yeah, man. Go yeah. <laughs> way to go, way to go, Dylan. You just found our open. <laughs> Excellent. Yeah. Oh, oh man, this it. has been fun. Yeah. Thanks, yeah, guys. It was, it was awesome Thank talking you so to you as much. always. Yeah. Thanks for having us. This was great. Yeah. Well, that's going to do it for us. If you're in the Denver area or willing to travel and you'd like to buy a ticket, you can buy one at holdmyticket.com forward slash event forward slash 403195. Please make sure to subscribe to us wherever you get your podcast and follow us on social media on Instagram at almost there underscore AP or the almost there adventure podcast on Facebook. If you'd like to support us financially, you can subscribe to our Patreon. Just go to patreon.com forward slash A-T-A-P. You can find Severia at Adventure Us Women. That's Adventure Us Women. Jeff at The SoCal Hiker. Or me at The Muir Project. Our title track, Almost There, is performed by Opus Orange and is provided courtesy of Emoto. For more about this episode and all of our others, make sure to check out the show notes on our website, almosttheareadventurepodcast.com. Make sure to watch a couple of Dylan's films there. On our next episode, we talk to, well, another all-around badass, Jason Hardrath. As always, thanks for listening. Thanks for listening.